Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Greetings. And welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast. It's not Halloween yet. I don't know why I'm doing this. Sometimes I get an idea and I run with it. Anyway, I'm Matt. I'm the host. Hold on. <clears throat> anyway, Joe's with me. Say hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. Okay. Classics uh, never die. We're, yeah. We're, we're going to just this, – this week I decided to do another one of those. I've had an interesting week involving a lot of bad stuff that – I decided we're just going to jump straight into the emails and answer as many as we can, and that's going to be what we do. Not that there's nothing going on, but sometimes if we let a week go, we end up the next week we get a ton of news like we did last week, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to try this again. Uh, Joe, if you don't mind reading the emails and we'll just get going. Not a problem. Oh, oh, oh no, no, stop. Oh, I forgot. Do your thing. I got I to gotta do the thing. Uh, if you have a question for the podcast, uh, you can go to our Discord. We have a patron Q and podcast questions channel that we look in first. Uh, several questions from this week came from that. Uh, we also have a the Q questions channel that's not for patrons. Anybody can ask stuff in it. Uh, we go there after um, because it is, it's more open. And finally, we have an email. Uh, it's podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzard watch in the title. So we know it's for this show and not lower watch. Uh, if you do that thing where you, you say, you know, it's going to be for you, the podcast, then it comes down to whichever one of us sees it first, ultimately. Um, although this week I actually left a couple and didn't take them because we had a fair amount of questions anyway. So that's that's cool. If you want to do that, we would love to hear your question. It can be about anything Blizzard related. It doesn't have to be a World of Warcraft question. It doesn't have to be a lore question. It can be, you know, you really want to talk about why StarCraft needs to get a, f- a feature film. We will talk about that with you. That is something we're, we're fine with. I have opinions about a StarCraft movie. Uh, I have opinions about uh, a, a Bloodthorn movie. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, go ahead. Ask us anything you want. But go ahead, Joe, if you don't mind. 
All right. Well, our first one, question for podcasts. Hi, Matt and Joe. This can be either podcast, but it's probably more a Blizzard Watch question. What does the leveling content from 1 to 50 actually entail in each expansion? Will it include endgame content such as Legion, Class All, Quest Lines, The Broken Shore, and Argus, etc.? Or will it only include leveling zones, and will each expect take the same amount of time to level as the other options? For a night, Belf Priest of Sarfang. Uh, I haven't done all of it um, because, you know, there is a lot to test and I've, I've only played through some of it. But from what I can understand from what I've experienced, uh, basically it's the same kind of the same as it is now, except that it's all scales from 10 to 50. So if you're if you're leveling right now, um, when you get to the end of an expansion, you just move to a next, your next expansion. You, you don't usually stay and run all the end game content. Like, for instance, if you're leveling a character right now and you get to like 110 while you're still doing legion you just leave and go do the the battle for azeroth content but you could stay and do as much end game and legion as you wanted to there's nothing stopping you from doing that but it's not expected for you to do that if that makes sense it's, it's like, also for instance, not made for it really yeah it's not it's not gonna really it's not gonna level your character particularly fast it might even not level them at all um but here's one example because I just got my hunter to like level one. I actually hit one eleven doing legion stuff because I actually lost track and I was at one ten and I just kept doing legion stuff. And then it was like boom one eleven. I was like oh okay yeah I I'm I'm still here in legion because I hadn't even finished it. Like between the uh, XP bonus and the heirlooms I was wearing, I was just destroying legion. Like I got I maybe did one zone. I think I fit, I I did. Thun- I did a Thun- Thunder Hill Mountain, I want to say. Why do I want to say Thunder Mountain? It's not Thunder Mountain. Thunder Mountain uh, is a completely different fantasy land, sir. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the, the Torin one. High Mountain. High Mountain. I went and did High Mountain first, and then I did some of Azuna. And I was about halfway through Azuna, and I hit one 110, and I kept going through Azuna, not not thinking about it. Because when it, it's like when I was playing in Legion... When I hit 110, the, okay, then I just kept going in the zone and, you know, finished it out. Because then you get more money and you get stuff and, and, and it helps you do your endgame. You can still do it. You could sit and do the endgame in Legion as, as much as you could solo. You could totally do it. And you could even get groups and do raids if you really wanted to. Like a bunch of 110s can still get together and do all that stuff. But it's not designed for it. And that's going to be leveling in Shadowlands if you go from like 10 to 50 in Legion, say. It's designed for you to level from 10 to 50 in Legion. Yeah. And supposedly you will finish and you'll be level 50 when you get done in Legion. Now, you could theoretically stay in Legion content at level 50 and just keep going through it. But there's no real benefit to doing so. The game is not designed for you to do that. It doesn't mean you can't. It just means... You're not expected to. Like, you're not expected to then, okay, I'm level 50. I'm going to go do Suramar now. You're supposed to go answer the summons and deal with this whole thing going on with the Lich King and, you know, the Shadowlands. That's the level 50 to 60 content. Yeah. And As a result, go yeah. ahead. No, you uh, go. I was going to say, and, and the other thing to keep in mind, too, is. Um, part of the other question was do all the zones take the same amount of time? And where you're going to end up, I don't know yet. Because i am only started leveling a character in beta right now. Because uh, I'm kind of curious about this myself. Uh, but I 
don't know that everything's going to be balanced to the point where, like, if you're going to do all four zones in Legion and be done, or all of the areas of Pandaria and be done, uh, or some of them might lead into some of that endgame content from that that uh, expansion just because that's how it works out. Uh, but what Matt's saying is right, though. Like, even as it is right now, you're not they're not designed for you to stay there so there's going to be a point where you can you know finish out the storylines if you really really want to but the idea is once you hit your 10 to 50 because your 1 through 10 is exiles reach um once you get to your 10 to 50 and hit your 50 point you're going to get your summons all the stuff for shadowlands is going to kick up and that's the expectation so if you stick around yes you can still do it uh, but I have a sneaking suspicion that stuff just stops scaling, right? Like, it's not going to give you a huge amount of, of XP. It's not uh, going to be, you know, something you can sit and camp in or, or, you know, sit there and continually, like, do raids and stuff like that in that particular zone to level up to max. And as Padilla has pointed out in our live chat, they haven't even remotely started balancing the leveling in different X-Packs. Uh, so, like, an expansion like Warlords of Draenor is much faster with bonus objectives because it has bonus objectives. Uh, and, you know, then you combine in certain things like the, we talked about it last week, the new set bonuses for heirloom gear, reducing the amount of rested XP you consume. That has an impact on how fast you go through that content. So, it's going to vary. It's going to fluctuate depending on what you have. Uh, what area you, you choose to do. If it has the bonus objectives, I would not be surprised if maybe they take bonus objectives out because it does feel like Legion and Warlords of Draenor just move way too quick. Um, so, who knows? Uh, but it's not going to be something I think you're going to stick around with. It's going to be literally the motivation for you to experience a cohesive experience from 10 to 50 instead of bouncing from all one area to the other, like we do right now, to getting to that that Shadowlands content. And I think that is more in line with the design philosophy they've been talking about, about how they wanted scaling to really work to begin with, was give players an option to kind of stick around and do what they want to do. Instead now, instead of just, you know, leveling and just choosing where you go and maybe being pulled somewhere else, it's no, you pick an expansion, you get that whole experience, and that's your scaling. I think it's more in line with what they originally intended. Yeah, and it's basically designed so you don't have to. You basically, if you decide you want to do the Burning Crusade, you will do the Burning Crusade, and you will be level fifty by the time you're done. It's designed so you're not in that weird place where okay, I'm doing uh, you know Hellfire first, and then I'm going to go and do Borean Tundra. That's that's the one weird thing about the way they've done scaling right now, where the stuff that's in the sixty to eighty zone is all basically the same. Like, you ultimately, you end up hop-frogging between expansions a lot, and that's the kind of thing they're trying to get rid of. Um, they're trying to make it so you, you can still go do a different expansion if you want to, but you don't have to. You don't feel like, i, I got to cherry-pick this to get to the best possible option. So, we'll see how it ends up working out. But as of right now, once you hit level 50, there'll be absolutely no... There'll be nothing stopping you from sticking around and doing stuff at level 50 if that's what you want to do. But, but there'll intended. be nothing making you do it either. There'll be no reward to it. You'll basically just be delaying, you know, getting to 60. Which, who knows, maybe if you don't want to go to Shadowlands and maybe there's people out there that don't want to kill Sylvanas, maybe that's exactly what you'll do. 
Uh, I think we'll move on to our next one. Uh, this is from Tom Gaijin. Uh, question for the Blizzard. Wow, BLP. Okay, uh, broke my brain for a second. Sorry there. Uh, why do we have odd expansions that are perceived less favorably than others? Example, Wrath is better than Cataclysm. Mist is better than Warlords. Legion is better than Battle for Azeroth. Blizzard Activision has the resources to give each ex expansion the attention it deserves. Tom. The reason we have this is because people have different opinions on things. Yeah. Uh, for instance, every single thing you listed is wrong. <laughs> and I want you to understand that you are wrong in absolutely every way imaginable. Like nothing you said was right. You are wrong. Now, obviously, that's just what I think. I can back it up. I, we could sit here and I could argue for like an hour. But ultimately, it's going to still just be my opinion versus yours. Now, there's a big player base and the player base is going to have an aggregate opinion. Yeah. There's going to be the opinion most people have. And that opinion could be that Wrath is better than Cataclysm. Cataclysm had some significant flaws, but Wrath utterly broke World of Warcraft. It did. It broke and the people, game. And people forget that, too. Yeah, like, it, it, was it fun to play through? Absolutely. Was it cool to get to see stuff, you know, going back to the Warcraft 3 that we'd all loved? Absolutely. Did it break the freaking game? Absolutely. absolutely. I remember I wrote a post back in the day. Like, this was a post that I wrote in, like, 2009. When Wrath of the Lich King was big, I remember just saying, okay, I want you guys to look at this is how gear scaled in, in vanilla. And here's how you, the gear you started with, the gear you ended with. Here's how gear scaled in the Burning Crusade. The gear you started with, the gear you ended with. Here's how gear scaled in Wrath of the Lich King. And it was just like unbelievable how big the differences were in starting gear. And like the gear you went into the first raid and like the gear you got from the first raid versus the gear you got from the last raid in terms of power level was like three times the difference between the first and last raids in, in burning crusade. Like, like just the multiplier was just ridiculous. And as a result, they couldn't balance raids. Like by mm -hmm, the end mm -hmm. of wrath of the Lich King, I remember going into wrath of the Lich King and we were, we were working on heroic uh, Arthas. We were like, in, we were working on that last fight and for fun, a group of three of us, three of us, went into Sartharian, which was a, you know, it's a, it was a raid, a 25-person raid group, 10-25. And we went into the 25-man version. And the three of us, not in Cataclysm gear, in Wrath gear, mm -hmm. gear, gear from Icecrown Citadel, we did Sartharian 25 with Drake's up. Because all we did, we charged the dragon, pulled him, and blew him up. With just three of us. That's how big the gear difference was between the start and the end of that expansion. And that's... People don't remember this. Yeah. That was like one of the biggest problems that World of Warcraft then struggled with for the next ten years was Wrath of the Lich King was just utterly, utterly broken. And, 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 that, led to, and that led to a lot of other things that people seem to forget about, too. Like, that particular imbalance with Wrath led to a lot of class imbalance that lasted for years afterwards. Like, you talk about Cataclysm and, and even Mists and, and, and those expansions, and I'll use Shaman as the example because that's my, my home space. 
there's a point where Restoration Shaman were riding what can only be described as tsunami waves trying to surf them. One tier, we'd be godly. The next tier, we'd be, you can't take a Shaman Healer to a raid because it's just going to do absolutely nothing. And it was this weird up and down, and it was because gear was fluctuating. They were trying to find this balance point. Skills were changing. Talents were changing. Because Wrath had created such this huge disparity that it was exceptionally difficult to overcome. And, And I know I'm not the only class that ever felt that. Now, to go back to the original thing, the reason that we feel or, or some expansions are, are perceived less favorably than others is absolutely player perception. If I'm a player as a shaman who, at, let's say, the midpoint of Cataclysm, nothing I do feels worthwhile, I'm probably not going to remember that as fondly as Wrath, when at the end of Wrath, I could sit there half-naked and out-heal, like, druids and paladins in full end end tier gear like i that is just how we work that's we're humans this is how it goes if you have a good experience you're going to remember it more favorably no prot warrior is ever going to tell you cataclysm was a bad expansion (laughs) yeah because cataclysm was the expansion where prot warrior stepped up and said hey we are the kings of tanking and the princes of the universe we're not gonna we're gonna be the only people who can tank this this back thing with the blood things yeah, that'll be us. We're going to tank that. The rest of you, do whatever. We don't care. Yeah. And so, if you played as a Brat Warrior, and spoilers, I did, um, you are going to have a fond memory of Cataclysm. I remember when we killed Spina Deathwing, it was because of me. I carried that raid. I joined a different guild and started carrying them through that fight, because they didn't mm-hmm. know how to do it. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, It wasn't their fault. They hadn't seen the fight. You know, They just hadn't seen it yet. But when we got to it, I'm like, okay, uh, I need some priest to do just sit on me and leap. You're gonna like grab me. Like at one point, I'm gonna call for you to grab me, and you're just gonna grab me, and everything else will just be me jumping around. And people are like, that's insane. I'm like, trust me, this is going to work. And it, and did. it did. And it did because we're pro warriors. We're freaking busted. It, it's it, it was insane. We just did. We would just thunderclap and put bleeds on everything, and then the just the bleeds would stack, and everything would just stick to you. <laughs> and we had a damage shield, so when it hit us, it would get aggro from hitting us. We didn't have to do anything. It, Are you have any idea how broken that was? It, it, and that's the thing, man. Yeah, same, same, same thing. And and, and I'm I'm not gonna retell my story on it because I've told it so many times, but everybody's opinion on it is wrong and right. And that's what it boils down to. If you think that that's the order of expansions and that's the way you put them, that's probably based off of your perception of what you had to experience in the game at that time. And that doesn't make it wrong, but it doesn't make it right. You you can ask any two players to rank their expansions. At one point, we actually, and I remember this, this was a couple months ago, one of you lovely folks at home wrote in and asked us to rank our expansions. And we did. And Matt and I's were wildly different. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's just how it goes. And Matt and I, you know, we agree on a lot of things. But again, our experiences are different in those expansions. What's colors, how we view them. And it's plus, always I mean, going to be the case. There's also a case where sometimes players come in and didn't actually play those expansions. Yes. Like, at this point, a lot of World of Warcraft players did not play the Burning Crusade when it came out. They played it years later when they were leveling through it and saw half of it and then never did the raids and they moved on with their lives. And that's fine. But 
it's going to color your opinion. You have nothing to go on except what people are telling you. If people are like, oh, yeah, it was great. I mean, you know, you're not going to feel strongly about it. You're not going to argue with them. Why would you bother? I mean, I'm not going to get in like a, an argument with somebody who really loved Wrath of Lich King. I'm not going to tell them they're wrong. You, you had fun wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not going to do that. Uh, I, I, I can disagree with you here because you directly brought it up. But I'm not going to go my, – my life is not spent patrolling World of Warcraft for wrong think. If you love Wrath of Lich King, it had a lot of good stuff in it. I'm not surprised you loved it. Um, it also had armor penetration in it. <laughs> and I think that part of the problem too is how do, you, how do you think personally? I always see the flaws. That is the way my brain works. If you give me like a delicious, you know, like meal with all the great stuff and there's like a bug somewhere on the table, not even in my, involved with my meal, I am going to remember that bug. Yep. There was a bug on the table, man. You didn't see that thing? It's going to it's going to consume me. But like, what about the great meal? There was a bug, man. And some people That's, could and some people are exactly the opposite. They could have a yeah, table whatever, full of bugs and one there's one perfectly untouched cupcake and they'll remember that cupcake. It's just how yeah. it works. Everybody is different. Everybody has different opinions. Um, I didn't, I, I'm just going to say this much and then, you know, Joe can say what he wants and we can move on. But the idea that Blizzard is only devoting resources to every other expansion is, yeah, it's just not the case, man. Um, whether you like or hate the way an expansion goes, um, I've had my problems with Battle for Azeroth. I do not doubt for a second that the people involved in every single decision were working extremely hard and there were a lot of them and they were, they were devoted to it. Um, I've spoken, like, one of my favorite people to talk to on Twitter is Jeff Hamilton. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he works at Blizzard, and he's done, he did the Azerite armor. Yep. And Jeff, you know I don't like Azerite. I've talked about it multiple times. That doesn't mean Jeff doesn't put his heart and soul into the game. He does. Yeah, they do. It, and that, they and all that, do. You have to remember that. They, they These are people pouring themselves into something they love. And Jeff is a great example of that, right? Like, and I feel bad because I've seen some of the the... the crud he gets i really wanted to say an expletive there uh but i've seen some of the stuff he gets for it but you look at it he was he poured himself into it and whether or not it worked or not or whether however you feel about it that that's going to happen but no don't ever think that they don't put their all into every expansion the idea that there there's like they they have the resources so why is every other expansion different Every expansion is different. The resources are not the issue. They're putting the same level of resources into everything. So I feel like we've covered this at this point. There's no need to, to go on further. So if you want to grab the next email. Absolutely. Uh, question for the podcast. With the pre-patch PTR now live, what are your bets for pre-patch pre -patch launch date and X-Pack launch date? Sincerely, Roxy, Goblin Shaman, Hygel US, and Around the Queue. First of all, Goblin Shaman, I'll allow it. I like I like your oxy. I'm gonna say that I think it's probably like two months. Like I expect sometime in like October we'll probably get the pre patch. Yeah. And I was I was actually asked this on uh uh Girls Gone Wow with their stuff where I think we're probably gonna get pre patch end of October and we'll probably get expansion late November, early December. I think it's still going to come out this year, but I think it's going to be a little bit delayed. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like that's that's a reasonable based on everything we know. That seems like a reasonable progression. So yeah, um, I definitely think that. I mean, 
if they discover like a huge game breaking bug, because there have been some bugs in the PTR and it's not been like, you know, just smooth sailing, everything's going fine. If they discovered like a huge game breaking bug that required significant time to, to fix, then they will delay it and we'll get it later. But going by right now, what I think will happen is I think we're looking at the rest of August and September will be dedicated to testing it. Um, sometime in September, they'll finish the PTR and they'll move to getting a release candidate. And I think that release candidate will be released in October. I think it might be earlier than later in October. I think it might be the first or second week in October. Then I expect we will get a month of that. Yeah. And that we will see the earliest. I think we will see uh, Shadowlands is what would have been BlizzCon week, the first week of November. Yeah. And I, I don't and, think it's going to be that early. Yeah. I, I think that is the earliest I would be able to predict it. Um, but I think Joe is right. It's more likely to be late November. Um, they want to put it out with enough lead time to Christmas so that they can like do some work on it before everybody goes home for Christmas. But then again, a lot of people are working from home already. Yeah. And we don't know if people are going to be traveling much this, this holiday season. So that's up in the air too. They might decide it's safer to push it to late November and just let the chips fall where they may. The the other reason I'm leaning towards that as well is because with everybody working from home with the current state of the world, it also means they don't have to likely account for that much travel, which means they can they have a unique opportunity to actually take time to make sure everything is as smooth as possible because they don't have to account for travel and people will still take time off and stuff like that. But traditionally, if you're working from home you tend to take a little bit less time off because you're already there, right? Like you don't have to account for traveling. Especially in a situation where where they might not be traveling at all. You'll still take a week off maybe, but then you don't have the travel time getting there, getting back. So you'll, you'll just take a straight week. Yeah. And I think, I think this has the potential and I'm not going to, I don't want to curse it, but this has the potential probably to be one of their smoother launches that they've ever done. And battle for Azeroth was pretty good. I think this has the potential to be even better than that. So that, that's, that's, I think we're in agreement here. We're going to say the earliest we're going to get this thing is November. Yep. All right. Our next question. Hello, onlookers of giant snowstorms. Quick question regarding the new leveling changes coming in Shadowlands. Do you know how leveling will work if one wants to solely level through dungeons? I am praying that once you reach the appropriate level to start dungeons, you can queue for any dungeon from Classic to BFA. By my count, there are just over 100 total dungeons, up to and including BFA. If this is possible, do you think you could reach 50 without ever repeating a dungeon? Uh, Adelrune, Blood Knight Paladin from Emerald Dream. This is a question I have no idea about. I do not know how they're going to work dungeons. Um, I just, I haven't been looking at it. I haven't, like, have you at all checked this? I have a guess. I don't think, again, going back to what we said earlier, I don't think the leveling is done as far as where they want it to be or what they want, what they're going to do with it or how it's going to look. But I have a guess. I have a feeling that once you lock yourself into an expansion, those are the dungeons you're going to get. And I think that that makes sense based off of the consistency of trying to uh, give a balanced leveling experience. I know right now players can and do love leveling through nothing but dungeons. There are several people that do it. There's actually a point in time where uh, usually between 50 and 60, uh, that's when I just do nothing but dungeons because I hate leveling questing during that time. Um, 
but I think when you're when you're in a particular expansion, I think you're going to have access to those dungeons and that's it. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean that would make sense because they have things like time walking. And if you want to like keep time walking in the game, you basically have to kind of leave dungeons to a certain degree. They have to have like leveling components to them. They have to not scale perfectly. If if all dungeons scale perfectly, then you have effectively gotten rid of time walking. Um, I'm not sure. You know, ultimately, I keep. I don't really know. I do think it's interesting that you know. I think almost every expansion has a significant chunk of dungeons. So. It's not like you won't have enough dungeons to level through. I especially don't think people realize leveling is faster. Like, they got rid of the, the heirloom leveling bonus because the heirloom leveling bonus is baked in and then some. Mm-hmm. We're looking at, like, half the time to get from one... like to, for, to get from 1 to 50 in Shadowlands is, like, a little less than half the time that it takes you right now to get to 110. Like, you will blow through this. It is not going to take very long. So, keep that in mind when you're thinking about, like, how many dungeons. If you try to level exclusively through dungeons, I think you will basically have, you'll level out fairly quickly. Now, there there are some other things that they did talk about, and Molly Razor pointed this out in chat. They did say that you could switch your expansion, so if you get really tired of the same dungeons you might be able to switch the expansion that you're experiencing at that time and go through those dungeons if that's a feature that, that stays and if it makes it through. Um, and if that's the case, then you could theoretically do exactly what you're asking. You would just have to do it kind of in sequence. You're like, okay, I want to do like a bunch of different dungeons. I'm going to switch to this expansion that has these dungeons I want to do and do them. And then you, when you got done tired of them, you'd have to switch to a different and, one. And honestly, and, and as I was talking with Autoluke in chat, I will be very happy if my guess is wrong. I don't want to be locked into a single expansion. I think queuing for a dungeon and like being able to go through in a certain like leveling range or whatever the case is, I like having the experience of I don't know what I'm going to get at this particular point in time. Uh, I, th- I I know that it would split players to be locked in like that, but I also am trying to wrap my head around with what they want to do, and it's the only thing that I can think of that that still makes sense. So again, I will be exceptionally happy to be wrong. And I don't say that very often. I like being right. I have a little notebook that sits next to my desk that I have check marks next to things when I'm like, this is a really weird theory. Oh, I'm right. Check mark. I will be happy if I'm wrong about this. I will say this much though. I mean, to answer the, the final question here to, to definitively answer it, if they do allow the switching, then the answer to your question is Yes you could reach 50 without ever repeating a dungeon if you can do 100 dungeons. Um, I think that is likely. Based on the speed of leveling that they're talking about doing and the the fact that you basically could throw on full heirlooms and get your rested, you know, just keep rested going mm-hmm. for a longer period of time, I think it is possible. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily think it would be fun, but that's up to you. You decide what you think is fun. I actually, quite frankly, I'm in a place right now where I prefer going to a zone and doing all the quests to running a dungeon. Yeah. That's that's where I am. That doesn't mean you have to be there. Uh, if you just like doing dungeons and not doing any quests, that's there's nothing wrong with that. We were just talking in the pre-show about role-playing various things differently. That that works for World of Warcraft. If you want to play a certain way, I, I, I'm totally in support of you playing in a way, even if it's a way I hate. Like, I know people who level just doing pet battles, and I salute you, 
uh, especially since pet battles, in my opinion, pet battling is the best system in World of Warcraft because I don't have to do it ever. <laughs> I never, ever, ever have to do it. I have not done it. I think I played like I did three pet battles on my on my main and was like, OK, and this was like two mains ago. I've switched mains twice. Um, I was like, I did three pet battles. I was like, OK, this is how this works. And I've never done it again ever. And I think that's great. I, I love systems that have gameplay and emergent gameplay and and effect on your character, but that the character effect isn't power based. And that you can choose to do them or not. And if you choose to do them, there's tons of gameplay. And you can level your character, and it's great. And if you choose not to do them, you don't have to. So the, I, w- I want people to be able to go level 50 without ever repeating a dungeon if that's what they want to do. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And, but and, I think that there should be stuff like that in the game where if you want to level purely through dungeons, you should absolutely be able to. Yeah, and I think we're on the same page there. Absolutely. I want people to be able to play the game the way they want to play the game. I want people to be able to have fun the way they want to have fun. As long as it doesn't hurt anybody else, I'm game for it. Uh, Before you move to the next email, I'm going to also say this because it's been going on for a while. Make it so people who really just want to do auction house stuff don't feel like they're being unnecessarily throttled. You put in some stuff that throttled them pretty hard. They don't like it. It's not fun for them. I feel like it didn't really benefit anybody else. Like it didn't do anything to make my game better. Uh, so yeah, there's no reason for that. I just want to throw that in there. Cause I see a lot of people complaining about it. Fair enough. All right. Our next question. Hello, Matt and Joe. I've got some questions for you in the next thought train. Recently, I've been leveling through outline after a while and I can't get enough of all the stories there. That old school collection of diverse narratives really makes BC an expansion full of possibilities that haven't been followed through yet. Alas, I can't find a good excuse for revisiting the broken planet in a future expansion anytime soon. However, there's another way for us to explore the many events that transpired in Outland's past. Despite not being sure of its future, the Caverns of Time. Coincidentally, this hub was added in BC and used in a way that enriched the lore greatly up until Cataclysm, where it suddenly came to a halt. There were rumors at the time of a War of the Ancients raid that was cut down, which I find likely given the new assets in the dungeon we ended up getting. Uh, it wouldn't be until Warlords of Draenor where we would experience time travel again, albeit in a different way. And we all know the reception of that expansion. So the questions are, do you think we'll ever see a COT dungeon raid again? Was the uh, WOTA raid an event that made them decide they wouldn't be using the caverns anymore? Was it Warlords of Draenor, even though it wasn't the same thing exactly, but it ruled our time travel? And lastly, would you like an excuse for an, at least partial, Outland graphic revamp via Beyond the Dark Portal COT dungeon? Thank you for your time, uh, fellow Morn, Zandalari Druid of Proudmoor, US. Well, first up, uh, they did an Outland graphic revamp. It was called Warlords of Draenor, and it was freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the guy who does this now. Were there problems with Warlords of Draenor? Yes, there were. Uh, one of those problems was that it felt like it didn't. It got you to max level, and then there was nothing to do, and the content came out in dribs. And then they did a really big content dump, and then that was it for a year. Like that was my problem with Warlords of Draenor. If you go and look at the raid levels. That the, the raid levels are, are very truncated compared to other expansions. If you look at the actual amount of patches with content in them, there's two. 
Like there's one patch that's basically here's a selfie camera, and now I I don't have a problem with the selfie camera. But that patch was not a content patch. There's there's no way to argue. There was no new story in that patch. It did not provide anything. It didn't provide a new raid. It didn't provide a new dungeon. It didn't provide anything at all. Now the patch after, you know, provided Tanan Jungle, uh, the Hellfire Citadel raid, a lot of World Zone stuff. There was a ton of content in it. But then it was that was it. Like you were done for content now. This is going to be it until we come out with Legion. You will be doing this. And it was 14 months of that. Now, did, did I think it was good? Yes, I loved Tanan Jungle. I loved mm-hmm. the raid. I loved a lot of it. But 14 months of it? Like, you, you kind of got to a point where you were done. You've done everything. You got flying. You did everything. You've, you've been raiding. It's been 14 months, and I'm still here. That, that has an effect on people. That had an effect on people's perception of the game. I don't think it ruined time travel because it didn't really play like a time travel expansion. It played like, if you remember the, the flash TV series, when they go to earth two, mm-hmm. it felt like that where you were on a different world that feels similar and familiar to you, but has all sorts of stuff. That's not the same. It was sliders, like, man. Totally. It was, it was very slidersy. I'll give you that too. Uh, there's lots of different, it, it was man in the high castle with yeah. orcs. Yep. You know, it, it it was an alternate world where things went differently. Certain characters didn't exist. Certain characters died before they died in our timeline. Certain characters didn't. Um, I remember when I realized Nurzel's wife was still alive. Yeah. And that, like, I'm like, but that, like, when I processed that change, Nurzel's wife being dead is the entire reason that the Burning Crusade, you know, the Burning Legion managed to get their Burning Crusade going that they got the orcs to go along with them because Nirzul believed that the vision of his dead wife was her. Except, of course, in this world, she ain't dead yet. So the Legion doesn't show up and, you know, use her to, to influence Nirzul because she's alive and telling him, no, don't do these things. And it completely changes the game. It changes the world. That's the kind of thing that makes, you know, Worlds of Draenor different than our Caverns of Time expansion. I don't know why... They haven't really used the cameras of time since Cataclysm, other than the fact that they really laid they laid into them in Cataclysm. Yeah, and the closest um, we've gotten since then was the uh, Trials of Chromie, right? Like that. Yeah. that really is the the closest thing we've gotten to like time traveling, wibbly wobbly stuff. And that was like traveling slightly into the future into an alternate timeline. It, it, it's I think it's interesting to point out that the 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 raid portal for Dragon Soul is in the caverns of time, mm-hmm. even though it has no reason to be. Like you're not time traveling at all in fact there's also they, they they put up like you know the end times make sense the end time portal being in the caverns of time makes sense because you're going to an alternate future right the the going back to the to the war of the ancients dungeon which is named escapes me at the moment but that dungeon being there also makes sense because you're going to the distant past but then the third dungeon is you going to worm rest temple you know, and it's not in the past or the future. It's right now. And you do that and then you go do Dragon Soul again right now. And that's one of the things that's always kind of bothered me. Like, I get why they did it. Of course they did it that way because you're going from dungeon to dungeon. And the first two dungeons are here. So the third dungeon might as well be here, too. Uh, I understand that. But I would have actually kind of liked it if they tried to put in a bit where it was like, yes, you know, you're going to imagine if you were actually going back in time to stop Deathwing and 
the 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 end the uh, Dragon Soul raid was actually the past because Deathwing had won in the present. That would have been interesting, and it would have been a way to make the Caverns of Time make sense throughout the whole experience, rather than have it suddenly, okay, now we're just traveling to now. Yeah. I guess now is a time period, but it's like, it's kind of weird that we're just we're just going to now now. If we're going to be re- leaning on those Dormus so heavily, it would have made sense to, to be doing stuff in time as well. Um, in terms of uh, whether or not, I'm going to let Joe talk because I've been talking for a bit here. I have more to say, but I feel like Joe has some points. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot to say on this topic as well, because it's something I think about a lot. The Caverns of Time was very, very cool, but it was also, it was done at a time when we didn't have quite the breadth of lore that we have now, and it was sort of one of those things that filled in a lot of gaps, right? So you are taking into consideration, like, uh, Going back to, to the Mount Hyjal one, right? Going back and, and doing that whole scenario. You're playing through the Warcraft 3 RTS at that point, which they put in because it was really important to the story of the world. It was something that they needed to do because players just sometimes didn't go back and play the RTS and it wasn't a game for them. Uh, you know, it's something to consider. Like, it was, they wouldn't have seen it otherwise. But then putting it in that way made it fun for new players and also fun for players that maybe did remember it or played through it or, or were there to experience it the first time around in glorious 2.5D. Uh, so, like, it served a purpose of helping fill in the gaps of story. Uh, I'm not saying that it wasn't cool and that it isn't cool now, it is. It's a really great thing, and it was one of those things that no other game was really doing it at the time. The closest one that did that was City of Heroes with their portal system where you could travel to alternate versions of your reality where heroes became villains and did weird things, like totally out of a comic book. WoW is the only other exp- only other MMO that has ever dared to do something with traveling in time and doing something along that and do it well. I don't know if they'll ever go back to it because I don't know if it will ever serve the same purpose. I would like to revisit certain things and maybe travel back and forth, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the Caverns of Time. And the Trials of Chromie kind of prove that. We could get sent different places by, you know, whatever means we need to. We can do that. Like, we were talked about... Uh, was it last week or the week before about the whole profession thing where like literally reality was being stitched together by, you know, cloth people like tailors. Yeah, I forgot a word there for a minute. Um, That was cool. And that gave different perspective to the fact that there's always something weird going on and there's tears in time and space that are being repaired. What if they don't get repaired? What could that lead to? Could that lead to another Sliders episode? Could that lead to another traveling back in time? Could that lead to us going back and hanging out with Broxigar? Like, there's a ton of things that could still happen that don't necessarily need to center around the caverns of time anymore. And I think that's where we're at. I would love to see more done with it because I like the idea of going back and experiencing things firsthand uh, as as your player character. But I think once the technology got to where they they were able to do phasing, once the technology got to the point where they didn't necessarily have to put you in the instance stack necessarily, it opened up a whole lot of more possibilities of how they could get you where they wanted you to go. 
And I yeah, like one thing that keeps coming to mind for me is the idea of well, imagine if you you opened an expansion and the the intro quest experience the you know because we get those now like the 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 equivalent of the Shadowlands one where you go to the Maw or the equivalent of the you know Battle for Azeroth one where you go to Lordaeron and fight to either defend it or conquer it was you go to the Caverns of Time and you fight to defend it and it gets freaking destroyed by the Infinites mm-hmm. and now time is like unspooling and you have to try and fix it and the infinites are running rampant throughout history. You could totally do that. Now, that wouldn't be an expansion where you are in the Caverns of Time because the Caverns of Time just got blown up, but it would be an expansion dealing with the Caverns of Time and with the, the Bronze Dragons and with time travel. And that, you know, I've, we've all, I think both of us have said in the past we'd love to do an expansion where you go from era to era. Yeah. Like where the, like the, the original Black Empire is like a zone and the next zone is the Troll Wars, and the next zone is you know the, the the battle, the War of the Ancients, and the next zone is wherever. And some of the zones could be like time periods we've never been to or heard of, because you know it's been ten thousand years since the War of the Ancients, guys. Lots of stuff happened. What what about the time before the Titans found the planet? What about the times before the old gods landed there? Like, there's a yeah, ton of things we could go back and experience. Like with these elementals running rampant, you know, trying to collect all the spirit energy. Uh, it's like a it's like a giant brawling game of Pokemon without Pokemon trainers. It's just the Pokemon fighting. I mean, you can do a lot of stuff, and it would be interesting. So, yeah, I, I'm certainly not against the idea of more time travel shenanigans. I don't think the caverns of time are necessary, but it would be fun to see them again. Yeah, and, and this sort of ties in with the next question. I don't know if we want to move on. If it to... ties in, sure, go for it. Yeah. So this one comes from Vertigree, uh, and it's a question for the the Blizz Watch Pod Show. Verd, you get weird intros every single time, man. Uh, I can't remember if this specific point has been brought up on the show, but Murazond isn't dead. He was reduced to one health and gets a debuff called Fading. Just thought that was interesting. Yours, Vertigree. That's another really good point, too. I forgot about that. I legitimately forgot that Murzon doesn't die. He's at one hit point and fading away. We just assume that he die or that he's removed from the equation. He might not be. We don't know. Like, we get told that he's, you know, yeah, this is done. This is the moment I foresaw. And uh, Norzdamu was like, yeah, good job. You, d- you did the thing. But what if we didn't? What if he's lying? What if what if he doesn't even know what's going on? Could that lead to something more that brings us back to the whole time stuff? Because we've seen a little bit about, uh, and I think you were talking about this last week or week before, about hunting the infinite uh, infinite dragon flight. How they have bronze dragons that can like infiltrate and do all sorts of weird things, and and how they're like right next to it. If Murzon's not dead yet. That opens up another bunch of possibilities. And I again, point out one thing I want to point out here. First off, the ultimate visual guide says he is dead. Sure. But even even if he is, it doesn't actually matter because we're dealing with time travel. Exactly. Even if Murazan died in, in that we don't know at what point in Murazan's life that was. That could have been hundreds of years in the future from Murazan's perspective. Murazan may have lived, you know, he was in Osdormu. He finally turned into Murzond and then for a thousand years tried to, uh, you know, from his perspective, tried to unmake time. So, yeah, he died at the end there. But since, you know, we haven't seen him at all those other points. Yeah. You know, and because it's time travel, you could confront a Murzond who's much younger and who hasn't gotten to the point of doing that yet. And that's the thing about time travel. 
just because you kill somebody if time with time travel, you can still see them again and again and again. Because from his perspective, his last his first confrontation with you from your perspective was the last one from his perspective. But you know what I mean? What I'm saying here? Mm-hmm. You know, you have a lot more confrontations with the Murzond ahead of you, even though for him that was the last one. And he's actually fought you when you were a lot stronger. Because you were you know what I mean? That's the the weird thing about this kind of stuff. So even if Murzond is dead and not just fading away or whatever, because I don't know what else, you know, fading would have done. Uh, I don't know what you're trying to imply that it is, or not you, the the game. I don't know what the game is implying by that. But even if we assume Murzond is dead, it doesn't mean we don't get to have more Murzond. Uh, that's the great thing about time travel. Um, and I'd love... But I would like it if Murzond wasn't dead, quite frankly. And one of the reasons I'd like it is because I think a lot of the stuff that came out during Cataclysm and going forward about dragons and what happened to the aspects mm-hmm. was a bit of a mistake. I feel like we don't necessarily need the aspects to be big Titan powered aspects anymore, but I don't like the idea that dragons got completely removed from the game. Basically got hung out to dry. Yeah. I, I like the idea of they're, they're still out there. They're still these beings of great power and they could still, continue forward into the future there could be more of them they could do stuff so the idea of Murzond as this like corrupted aspect who's out there doing wacky stuff with time I I, I like it I like the idea of him doing it um I, it, it makes I, I I'd love the idea of him coming back I'd love it at some point I mean there's a storyline in Marvel Comics uh, it was written by Kurt Busiek who's one of my favorite writers but he had a problem in that the villain Kang is was they're, always they're literally he, talking about Kang in chat. I know you can't see it, but yeah, yeah. Bruce Redux, absolutely. I knew I knew Matt was going to go there. Uh, yeah, the villain, <laughs> the villain Kang would at some point in his future become the anti-hero Immortus. Yeah, and Immortus wasn't a good guy, but he wasn't as bad as Kang. He he'd grown and changed over time, and he was much more concerned with preserving the timeline and preserving the, the you know history whereas Kang wanted to conquer it Kang didn't give a rat's butt about preserving anything but obviously if Kang and Immortus were the same person then Kang everything Kang did was ultimately futile he was going to at some point in his life decide I'm not going to do this anymore and become Immortus and so every time Kang confronted Immortus he was confronting his own failure that was it was preordained. You're not going to succeed. You're not even going to want to keep doing this. You're going to give up. And so in the story Avengers Forever, they basically came up with the idea of this time crystal that was used to split Kang. It split him along his own timeline so that both the, the, the Immortus version of Kang and the Kang version of Kang could exist and be the you know, they were the same person, but now they weren't. And so Immortus could go off and do the things that Immortus was going to do without it, it being the necessary destiny of Kang anymore. And when we did Warlords of Draenor, I honestly thought that that was going to be something that happened. Like we were going to end up on the other Azeroth with the other dragon aspects. And as a result, we could get another Nosdormu who became Murazond and was trying to pre- create his timeline. His world that he knew, he was trying to make it happen and thus preserve it 
from, you know, because we know the way time waves work in WoW is they get reabsorbed. They don't necessarily last. But if you're if you're in Osdormu on that time and not on that world, obviously you don't want your world to fade. In in many ways, your world might be better. You know, your Arthas doesn't go evil. You don't have as many Legion invasions. Maybe you you decide, and, no, my timeline's better, and that's how you get Murazond. That's just one possibility. You could do it a lot of different ways. But I would love for Murazond to basically exist at the same time as Nosdormu. And they're the same person, but they're not like one does not have to become the other anymore. With the with the Titans gone, like, you know, they're they're locked in their the seat of the Pantheon trying to keep Sargeras at bay. Maybe Nazdormu's fate isn't written anymore. And he doesn't have to become Murzond, and yet you still get Murzond. Because now Murzond wants to make sure he does exist. Like he has to come back and for, and make Nazdormu become him. Do you know what I'm saying? Like th- this this could be like really cool. So I would be totally down for it. And and to go back to uh, something else like you you keyed off of, and I think it plays into this as well a little bit, is the idea that the what happened to the dragon flights being a mistake, I think it is too. And I think they realize that to a certain degree, which is why we're starting to get little breadcrumbs that have been dropping for the last two expansions revolving around the dragons, whether it was empowering, you know, the, you know, heart of Azeroth with the aspects power, essentially, because you literally go to the surviving aspects and, or, or their children, whoever is basically in charge of the flight uh, to get them help powering up and giving yourself that extra boost and it wasn't just making the heart stronger it was important and they had storyline story arcs and there were things that were happening with those dragons and it was sort of like this breadcrumb of hey we haven't forgotten about them yet then you get the Rathion uh, journal and you get the whole thing of he's looking for the dragon isles and these and these notes that he leaves behind for you there's potential to come back and have interesting stories that revolve around the dragons. Like Matt just laid out something I would be keen to play through. Uh, if you did that with Murazond, it would be super fun. I think it would be super interesting and he doesn't have to be an aspect to have that happen. Uh, you can have stories that revolve around the dragons, not being what they were. They're not being these super all powerful, aloof things they can now exist on the same plane as mortals. And we talk about, I I mean, I talk about it a lot. The idea of like power creep in the game. And I kind of like the idea, like way back in the day, we started in 40 man raids because we needed to bring an entire army to go kill Ragnaros. And now 10 of us can go and take down an entire citadel full of undead things or entire another plane of existence because we're just that powerful. Now we can now walk with them. We're not, cowed by them anymore we're on i am not to say it like this but we're on sort of that same level as them so like you can have more interesting stories because the dragons can now be human they can now be approachable they can now have interesting things happen to them that isn't just i use my power for this and then my kids die or something like it's been in the past like they've had some really really awful storylines happen to them there's a chance that you could have something cool and different and it could be something that maybe happens with time where like maybe we go back and we see we travel through time and see the Dragon Isles before it disappeared off the the face of the planet. Maybe that's how we find it. Maybe part of that storyline is pulling it to the current timeline. We know that islands can do that. We know that there are certain things in Azeroth that already kind of go where they want to. I'm looking at you, Karazhan, in the Timeless Isle. Uh, like 
you don't subscribe to normal time flow, maybe we learn how that happens. Maybe we learn how, you know, Karazhan can travel backwards through time. What actually created it? That's a that's a mystery we haven't explored yet. It involves time travel. Like, there's a million things they can do, and it can involve dragons. It can involve the timelines. I'm down for this. Blizzard, if you're listening, please. Like, this would be really cool. Throw, throw, us, throw us a time bone here. But yeah, I, I don't know it's what else to It's me, your is. cousin. It's me, your cousin, Zuramond. Listen to this. It's me, your cousin, Zuramond. You know that sound you were looking for? Here you go. Uh, I think we have time for the last question. Uh, unless you want to add anything else to this one. All right, let's, let's, let's move to the question because this way you'll get to talk for like 10 minutes. All right. Our last question for today comes from Roxy again, who is no longer a goblin shaman, but instead is a Zandalari troll shaman. Uh, it is I, Roxy, uh, and resident uh, Zandalari troll shaman from the Hydel US and resident Q Elemental shaman. Blizzard have made major changes to DPS shaman in Shadowlands and have made major changes to both specs since Enhancement and Alpha and Elemental recently. How do the specs feel compared to their BFA iterations and do you enjoy the changes? Thanks. Um, before I go on my tirade of of things, do you have anything you want to say about it? I I got to play around with Enhancement and thought it felt nice and considered possibly leveling my Enhancement Shaman again, but I've not been playing my Enhancement Shaman for two expansions. So I am not qualified to really address this and thus leave it to Joe while I possibly get myself some ice or something. Go, go <laughs> nuts, man. I am absolutely positively in love with how Elemental feels right now. I have been complaining about how Elemental feels for two expansions. It's it, it has not hit a point up until now where I felt that it was in a good place. Leveling as an as Elemental felt awful in the past two expansions. Now it feels so dang good. I feel like I have a response to anything that I encounter. I feel powerful. I feel not limited anymore. I like the idea that things are going away from being purely maelstrom strapped. I'm not hitting the same three buttons all, all, all the time. I can change it up. Like there, it just see, feels like there's a distinct rotation between single target DPS and AOE DPS now. Where before it was like, eh, I. I push the same four buttons and it just does AOE this time instead of this and it doesn't feel good. Elemental feels fantastic right now to me. I The best way I can put it is in Battle for Azeroth and, and Legion leveling as Elemental it felt like I couldn't do anything. I felt like, you know how some classes can go and do those, you know, oh, this is suggested players three, and they don't even bat an eye at it? Nope. I could barely take out, like, normal quests in a lot of those places because I either couldn't kill something fast enough or I didn't have the survivability, and it got to me, and that was the end. That was all she wrote. Now? Oh, oh no. I feel like the true being of elemental goodness where I'm sitting there flinging lightning and flame and earth and shattering like, oh, that's funny. You think you're going to take my anima? Uh-uh, buddy. Here you go. And I visit terrible, terrible pain upon them by calling on the elements. It feels really good. Enhancement, I haven't played much of yet. I have barely touched it because elemental feels that dang good. That should tell you something, at least if you've followed me at all, you know 
how much I used to love Enhancement. That used to be my go-to. I used to, like, ignore Elemental because it just felt like a weaker mage. Nope. Not now. It feels super good. And it also... I, I, I'm going to gush about it right now. This is the happiest I've been with Shaman since Vanilla WoW. If they change and tweak a few things, this might be the best expansion for this class we've had. And I'm talking about, like, maybe giving Elemental the ability to spread Flame Shock with, with uh, you know... So, or, I'm sorry, El uh, Enhancement, the ability to spread Flame Shock with uh, Lava Lash again. Maybe give them a little more AoE. But, like, everything feels really, really good right now. And they're already looking at making things better. One of the one of the things that they were talking about was uh, balancing the classes with the Covenant abilities. And that I think that's the one thing I've heard from players where, like, Enhancement feels a little weaker. Uh, but they're already starting to tweak things. They're already starting to uh, get it in line with uh, basically triggering off of the stacks properly from what we build up. It's fantastic. Who knows? I hope that this trend sticks, but like I've played in every beta uh, so far. I've tried Elemental and Enhancement in every beta so far. This is the happiest I've been even in a beta with Elemental. So, whoo! Sorry. Yeah, that's how I feel. And yeah, I will not calm down. I'm having fun with my Shaman. Don't take that away from me. So yeah, Matt, did you return for making your popcorn yet? No, I got myself some ice. I'm good. But yeah, no, but, I mean, we're done. So that's yeah. the show, guys. Uh, again, I want to throw out there if you've got an email for the show, Joe's going to come in and do his thing telling you to like you know, support us. I'm just going to throw the email thing in now. If you've got an email for the show, please uh, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com, subject line podcast or blizzardwatch, or you can hit us up on Discord. We've got a patron Q and podcast questions channel and a Q questions channel, both of which you can use to ask us questions. We, we tend to use the, the patron one first because we like to reward our patrons for being our patrons. And speaking of, Joe? Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. Your continued support means this podcast, site, and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast with a queue, and an ads-free site experience. Yeah, thank you there, Joe. Uh, and guys, thank you for being here, especially the chat channel. You guys were pretty active this week, and you know, Joe kept up with it. I, because I'm blind, I can't see what you're saying. Sorry, uh, but but Joe got you guys in here, and I think that's really great. That's one of the things we wanted to do for a while. Um, but yeah, uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. Uh, we're going to be here next week, and we hope you're here with us. Thank you very much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.